And we are live on Zoom. So that is actually fantastic. I see Carmen Buffington, first in the house from Sonoma. Jim Brubaker from Colorado. Hans and Caitlin Greasy from Colorado. Welcome. Uh, you guys know how huge we are on topography and you know landscapes. That's Atlas Peak behind me. Many of you don't know about that in Napa. Julie Fogarty, I see Mike. I see Nelson Holden, Peter Glick, Scotland Kiefer is in the house. Who else? Barbie Heffernan, Debbie Long, Doug Rutherford from Minnesota. It is cold in Minnesota right now. I mean, I'm petrified uh, on what the temperature's doing out there. But I already see a whole bunch of people that are new, so fantastic for joining us. Leah Dunn, nice to see you. Excuse me? Is Shifty Mike on? I don't know. The studio's talking to me about Shifty Mike. I, I don't know. But... It is the greatest hour of wine. And so tonight we are honoring, what was his name? I'm joking, Christopher Plummer. All right, so if you don't know this film, please leave the broadcast, go to Netflix and get The Sound of Music. Come back and we will wait for you. Uh, but without question, this clearly is not Atlas Peak, but we have to honor Christopher Plummer because this is a film that everyone watches at the holidays. So uh, all of you, I hope you're staying warm and have a good glass of wine in front of you. I will show you where these folks are drinking this wine or where they're getting it ahead of time. The SIP Virtual Wine Tasting Kit on the Cellar Angels website, always front and center. And it is now a huge bundled kit that has a lot more wine in it because we have some educational series coming up. So you're going to get a ton of wine jam packed with educational content in the next coming weeks that you are not going to want to miss. So sit back. We're going to have a, several different winemakers on. We'll be comparing and contrasting vintages, soil types, rootstock. It's going to be a deep dive to get geeky with wine. What we're talking about tonight right here, obviously, is the acumen. So acumen is a very strong adjective to describe really specific knowledge. And we'll get into it deeper. Like if I were to talk to Jeff Greasy about HR, Jeff probably has the greatest acumen on HR on the planet, which is why he's retiring because he's, his work is done. So I'm a little bit impressed with that. But acumen is about as good as it gets to describe something. And it describes perfectly this wine, this region, these people that are producing it, the manner in which they produce it in, and we're gonna go deep dive on that tonight. So you are in for a treat, and I'm looking forward to sharing this with you, but let me actually stop with the music. Unless you wanna do Do Re Mi, because everyone knows this song. <laughs> and I will put up exactly where we shot a wonderful video with our dear friend, so let me swap out screens here. Boom. So here I am in between the vines, in between a row of vines, my, literally my home away from home and where I like to be when I'm not at a beach or in the city. And there's no better people to be it with than dear, dear, dear friends who I've had absolutely the humble privilege of knowing because wine has brought us together. And I'm speaking this evening with none other than one of our dearest friends in wine country, ladies and gentlemen, Diana Schweiger, the sales and marketing director of Acumen Wines. Cheers, Diana. 
Cheers, Martin. Excellent. I have some uh, red diamonds in my glass, uh, representative of one of our largest vineyards, the Ed Cora, which is 84 acres. So I like that. Yeah. May, for those of you that know how we do this with the gambling, uh, there is some house credit that's still available if you want to put some bets on the poll questions. But there may have been a hint there with either my intro with Sound of Music or what's in Diana's glass. But I do want to talk. Uh, I do see Jeff and Jane Greasy. Jeff and Jane Greasy, uh, they welcomed today the newest angel, a 10-pound little bundle of joy. And I don't know what number grandchild this is, uh, but I saw pictures and that that child is, I know where the binky is going to be dipped in, probably some acumen. And then <laughs> I'm not certain that you can tell I'm not a parent, but I'm sure that's fine. It's for real. Uh, it, it is for real. So happy Friday, everyone. Congratulations to Jeff and Jane on what, what number grandchild is it? Seventh. Seventh. Thank you to the studio and Mission Control. Uh, that is our newest angel. I can't wait to get into this with Diana. Uh, for those of you that recognize Diana's last name, as in Schweiger, yes, she's second generation wine country, uh, daughter of Fred and Sally, uh, also dear friends of the angels here, but good to see you. Hey, it's good to see you too, Martin. I'm so used to doing this live with you, our Diana and Martin show, typically at our wine dinners that we've done there in Chicago and other places. And as you were saying, you were just looking over some of the pictures and it's so hard to believe that it was a year and a half ago that you were here shooting those photos. I mean, goodness. I love having yeah, you out there. We love being out there. And for those of you, uh, actually Jeff and Jane may have, we may have hooked up with Jeff and Jane at that, uh, at that trip. But uh, as you can see behind me, this is a, a, one of our pictures from that day. Uh, part of uh, the mountain range, the Vaca Mountains is behind me, but another typical bluebird day for Cellar Angels. 57 trips out there. We have yet to have a rain out because we're on a mission from God. Uh, because I'm just quoting quoting the Blues Brother movie. Oh, <laughs> it's a little bit John Belushi there. Well, I think uh, um, you that day going up to Acumen, you were on a mission from God. I mean, if yes. that road that you had to take getting up there, I'll let you elaborate more about your experience. But um, you know, and then even furthermore, getting out there from the estate house, which is actually where I'm sitting right now is in the estate house. But uh, to get up to where you actually shot that photo as we took, you know, regular vehicles, which normally would require four wheel drives to get out there. Yeah, it's a bit of a trek and it is a, a fun trek. There's white knuckled, couple no passing zone because you're on gravel and don't be surprised if you see people on horseback, but because you're out in the country, but it's, it's not really as crazy far as it seems. Uh, it is a spectacular place. I know it's 160, excuse me, 116 acres, and we're going to get into that. But I want to start a little bit with the knowledge that you possess between your ears, because you were born and raised in the valley. So, you know, almost every single person there, a lot of the vineyards, you've had your hands in a lot of the marketing for some of the great wines. You obviously have your family winery, and you, you are now working with Acumen in the sales and marketing. What drew you to this project? You know, honestly, um, well, I worked with my family for 13 years, quite familiar with Spring Mountain, having grown up there. Uh, the wine industry, to speak of, was the, honestly the last place I thought I was going to land. I thought I was going to be at Disneyland, but 
um, you know, I, after graduating and being adopted up by Hebline and working my career from Spirits with Jose Cuervo, Black Velvet, um, and then suddenly got involved, like I said, on the uh, wine side. My dad said, why don't you take and develop your skills a little bit more from, you know, these hard spirits into learning a little bit more about wine. So after working at Spring Mountain, um, with my family, this opportunity to not work with family, even though I love them dearly, uh, came about. Uh, so that's one reason. Um, the other reason was going to the opposite end of the valley. I went to the other mountain range and a little further south, because that's exactly where Atlas Peak is located. And the, one of the very first um, requirements that I had to, during the interview process was to actually get out and see the vineyard. So I'm a farmer's daughter. Um, <laughs> you know, I grew up um, helping my dad take out um, a forested piece of property and we um, planted our grapevines out there. So uh, not that I know a whole lot about farming, I know a little bit, but um, you know, just understanding what I've learned from my dad um, the healthy health of the vines and that's where all the winemaking begins so i gotta say what i was truly drawn to was just the different landscape of atlas peak and what it has to offer and uh, the neighbors and everything it's a newer region and the fact that dr jan krupp when he first developed this um you know vineyard this ava um, in the 80s, it really was one of those areas that was quite treacherous and nobody believed that he could do this. Um, it was, you know, pretty much a, um, you know, area where a lot of the early Europeans would plant their grapes. And, you know, with prohibition and other diseases, that land just sort of got all grown over. But when he came in and did it, um, it was really very rocky. And it's almost like the high desert. And so just to see the rough um, environment that these very healthy grapevines had to grow uh, within, I mean, you can see right behind you, Martin, um, all of, you know, the, the, just the wild weeds and just the lack of, um, the lack of trees, it's, they get a lot lower percent rainfall up than that area. So it's a, a little bit drier over there. And uh, the grapes have, um, you know, a little bit more work that they have to do to develop into, um, you know, actually getting to their proper degrees, bricks and pH balance in order for harvest. So another treacherous region for growing fruit. I was super attracted to that. No, and it's, it's interesting that you brought up the, the comparison of, you know, Spring Mountain and this region. And it's mm -hmm. fascinating because you're right, not only as the crow flies, you're at one end at maybe say, if we're looking at a clock, you're at 11 o'clock. This is at five o'clock uh, on the other end of the valley across 29 and, and even further south and a little bit further east. And, and the soil type is completely different than what you find on Spring or Howell. And, and I actually have, I. I had to stop and pull over and kind of run my hands through it because I like getting my hands dirty. And so when you see this soil, it, it is, it is very dry. It, it is very minerally and it, it is very, and it is red. Uh, so it, it doesn't look like it belongs here. Quite honestly, when you, when you think about some of the, the forested pine trees and stuff in, in Napa, and on, you know, Mount Veter and those areas where you just have these majestic pines. And here it's almost kind of like a desert uh, soil type, very arid. And, and this was my, my one and only George Costanza hand modeling. Uh, so for those very of you, lovely. I'm dating, yeah, very like, lovely. Yeah, you had a little manicure before you actually picked up that dirt. Oh, yeah, me and manicures were like that. 
But uh, yeah, you know, Martin, you're right. I mean, that soil, um, that's quite silty compared to what you would normally, you know, see. Um, there's, I mean, right behind you, that's the rockiness of it. But that's all andesite rock, which is all volcanic. And it gets its red color as the andesite rock rusts. And so as it rusts and then it falls apart, that's where that real siltiness and um, very fine dirt comes from. But, you know, still what we find out you know, behind you there is these huge boulders that are, you know, literally the size of a car <laughs> that we still find there through erosion. And we almost have like our own rock quarry up there. The owners have asked our vineyard foreman, like, what does he need to do his job? And his response is usually always a D9 or a D10 to keep breaking apart this rock. Because um, the, the um, soil amendments are so um, rich in nutrients for uh, grapevines just because of the way they absorb water and just the um, natural pesticides that um, the andesite rock offers. So that's what makes this such lovely soil for growing grapevines. And it's, and I can, I'm going to go a little deeper on that because oh, good. it is so intensely uh, fortified with nutrient from that capacity, does it impact the vigor of the vines? And do you have to figure out some sort of way to tame it because it, they are just growing so aggressively? Or is it just they're out there now 20, 35 or 30 years of age and you got kind of a, a nice balance with how to balance all those things? That kind of also ties into what uh, we're doing with our you know, certified organic farming. Uh, we are certified organic, and that was one of the things that we established back in 2012. And uh, as far as you know, taming vines, a lot of um, having to get your approval every year when um, the certification board goes out there and um, you know, does a um, you know, survey to make sure you're checking all the boxes to maintain your certification. Um, one of the things is actually the way the vines are laid out, um, the trellising, and also, um, you know, along with that then to control it is the pruning. And so you can still always, you know, get higher yields um, from your vineyards by the right. way you go about your pruning. But I, ideally, you want to um, have, you know, your, your yields only be three tons an acre at tops. And um, just to maintain the type of quality that we're in pursuit of, because any more than that, you're going to start, you know, really slimming out and watering down the vine. I mean, the great right. quality. Yeah. I'm just going to say, then you'll start diluting the quality of it. Hello yeah. to uh, Jan Kiefer, Catherine Jurica, Kent. Ken, I'm going to massacre your last name. I'm just going to go to Dubay. And uh, by the way, Jim Brubaker, Diana, met you at the Manning's house at a tasting that we did in Colorado. So I remember that was a really fun tasting. And there was that indoor uh, driving range, too. That is, that is correct. Yeah, that was fun. Um, Nick, Nick Schramm, how are you doing? And Peter Glick, I know I said hello, I believe. So just saying hello again. Uh, but yes, the so I, I love the fact that the certified organic I mean, that's a huge commitment financially, number one, but mm -hmm. also from a resource standpoint, labor-wise, to adhere to all of the different requirements to get that certification. And I did not know thinning or, or vines spacing was one of the requirements so that you can actually thin out the yield. Well, I mean... Not so much for thinning out the yield, but, you know, right. I was, just, you know, saying playing into it as far as, you know, that is one of the things that does go into organic uh, farming and checking the boxes. But, you know, really to control the yields is just all back to your, you know, to the pruning. Um, and 
that's how we can control the amount. But, you know, these vines are still relatively new too. So we did do some interplanting and um, planted some new vines. There's um, acres, um, about 10 new acres um, within the 84 acres over there at Edcora that we've actually planted to Cabernet. So, um, and also over there, we've got Cab Franc, um, Petit Verdot, Malbec, and that's a lot of what is in this 2018 red blend that everybody's enjoying tonight too. So the winery, uh, 116 acres is the property or 116 acres all under vine? 116 acres under vine. So we've got 84 acres planted over at Edcora and 42 over at Atalus. Okay. And the, the goal of the winery, because it, it's actually quite new. And, you know, you yeah. haven't been around since the 80s or 90s or anything like that. It's, what is oh. it, 2012? 2012, yeah. But actually, our inaugural vintage wasn't until 2013. Um, and we just made, goodness, probably about 500 cases then. And uh, so the mountainside that you're having now, we actually didn't even start making that under our own label till the 2014. Um, so we have this is the mountainside tier we there you go that's the mountainside red wine so we've got three varieties in that mountainside tier we've got Sauvignon Blanc and Cab and then we have our peak tier which uh, we're offering up as a treat tonight I think a little bit later but the peak tier is uh, a cab and then we also have two single vineyards so we uh, have a cab just from Ed Cora and a cab just from the Atalus vineyard so yeah we're new I mean we're brand new on the block and um, we just hired a new winemaker Philip Titus too so I like it and I'm going to get to Philip in a second I do want to I, I do want to ask a question uh, Shifty has a question and Shifty, I believe, hit us early on before tonight's event and wants to know, because I think this is important, we're going to get to this as well. When we, and I'll backtrack and, and back up a little bit. Uh, yes, we know Diana. We've had a personal relationship with her professionally since 2007 because we carried the Schweiger wines in the wine store that we owned and had the privilege of meeting Diana. And we've been fast friends and have remained friends over the last 14 years. So when she told us about this venture, of course, we were interested. And so we learned about it in 2018, finally got our behinds out there in 2019. And one of the things that immediately, you know, gobsmacked us in the face was, was the property. Uh, so the property is spectacular. And I'm going to show you, no, this is not a tease for Google Earth. We'll get there. But I will show you exactly where this is because it's pretty neat. But the other thing that intrigued us. There's a couple other things was A, the pedigree of people. And now Philip Titus is, is in the mix and we'll get to Philip as well. Uh, but also the tasting experience, because you're not going to drive up here to taste unless you buy a lot of cases, which they'll be happy to facilitate a tasting up there. Trust Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Not a problem. You would, you would love to have a taste in there, but yeah. their tasting room is in downtown Napa off of Main Street. And it is it's so cool because it's a tasting room art gallery and we've got a couple pictures of it a little bit later on, but that in addition to the soil, in addition to the winemaker, in addition to the history of this vineyard, in addition to the tasting room, this is the whole ensemble, everybody. This is about as good as it gets from a standpoint of vineyard to glass. They have it all buttoned down. So this is why we're really, really excited to feature them. Uh, and Kent is asking, isn't Philip Chapelet's winemaker? Yes, he is. And uh, Cyril Chapelet is fully aware that Philip is also 
our winemaker. In fact, I was just on the phone with Philip today and the two of us were just talking about how busy our January was with all of the new decisions that we're making for the brand and some of the new varieties that we're going to be coming up with, um, some of which um, Chapelet has been making under their label with you know, fruit from our vineyard. So uh, we're looking forward to that. But um, so how is that going to work out in the future, though? So Chapelet has been sourcing wines from your vineyards for a number of years underneath the Chapelet label. Are they going to continue to do that? Or are you just going to go, nope, no mas? We got 116 acres there, Martin, and to grow from 4,000 cases um, to that level of speed would be beyond uh, my next 10 years. So um, that's a little- That's why they brought you in, <laughs> sales and marketing. Exactly, exactly. So, but yeah, we want to have some nice steady growth. Um, so no, the Chapelets will, Chapelet, uh, uh, the Camus, the, the Wagner family, a lot of those brands will still be able to enjoy purchasing our fruit. Um, yes, but we will be growing and that's the, the fun part. Uh, but we want to grow smart and in a way that we maintain our quality and in a, in a way that our customers can grow and our guests can grow with us. But um, yeah, and I do, do like, yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I like what you were saying about our tasting room because it is so special. Um, it, even though it's, you know, downtown Napa. And I gotta say too, you know, especially with the pandemic and then unfortunately some of the fires that we've had out here, um, it's super easy to get to our tasting room. And not only is Acumen downtown, but there's a lot of other really cool wineries that we're super friendly with, like Alpha Omega, um, you know, the John Anthony Vineyards, and a um, couple other new ones too. Newton's even talking about moving down there. So um, it's downtown Napa's become quite this little fun area. So you can go stay yeah. in, you know, a fun hotel and you come in and get the experience right there. And then um, if you want to get up and go into the, the mountains, you can. But, you know, besides our art gallery, we've recently opened up that back art gallery into a bubble lounge. Um, we're playing, it's kind of like a speakeasy because you have to enter it from a uh, back entrance that's kind of secretive. And there's a little um, doorbell that you got to enter through the back. But um, there's a secret knock we should know about? Yes. Sweet. Call me, I... Call me and I'll tell you. <laughs> Excellent. And, and, um, but we're serving back in there. I know, right? Yeah, go ahead. And, uh, or email me, whatever. And we'll turn you on to Santa Monica, but those are, they're down in the tasting room right now. And uh, apparently there's live music on the sidewalk. So I'm not exactly sure. The other night there was karaoke and Stan was dancing on the sidewalk with the guests. So anyway, it gets a lot, it gets to be a lot of fun. So we're calling it our peak easy. And we're actually partnered with a uh, champagne house out of Epernay called Michelle Gonet. He also, it's such a great partnership because uh, Sophie Gonet is um, fifth generation and she's running that facility there. And they are the largest landholders of anywhere in the Champagne region. They have 116 acres wow. also of Champagne grapes. So there's quite a similar operation. So Sophie and I have had a fun time partnering up on that project. No, that, I, I like the peak easy. And speaking of peak, and it may have been too fast because I mm -hmm. cannot remember uh, give me the differences between the peak side of the house and, and the, the hillside blend that I'm drinking. Yeah, sure. 
Um, so anyway, um, Peak is one of those wines where, you know, okay, well, first of all, everything that we make at Acumen is all uh, barrel, barrel selection and um, it's all picked in small lots. And so as the lots are coming in, the winemaker sort of gets to decide, okay, what, what's, you know, going to, you know, develop nicest. Um, and that's what he's going to put into the Peak Cabernet. And that's a blend of grapes that are coming from the two different vineyards, the Adelis Vineyard and the Edcora. Then from there, he gets to decide this is going to just be Edcora, this is just going to be Atlas, and then we have the peak in the middle. So those are really the top uh, barrel selection. From there, we make the mountainside cab. Um, so, so for instance, you know the, the peak cab, the retail price on that is around 115, and uh, the Edcora is 165. Then for the mountainside, um, it's $65. So that's, you know, more of you know, high end. Um, but still, it's not going to, I mean, with these peak wines, we're only making about 100 or so cases every vintage, very limited. Um, so it would be, you know, the next step down in our barrel selection. And then the red blend that we're enjoying right now, it's, um, you know, same sort of tier, but it's really where the winemaker gets to kind of pick from his spice rack with some of the other varieties that we're growing. And so um, then from there, the Atlas is the, where it's the lower um, elevation of the two vineyards. And so from there is where we're getting the Sauvignon Blanc for both the peak tier and the mountainside tier. Same sort of a program then. It's, uh, it's also barrel fermented Sauvignon Blanc. So um, we're again, you know, selecting from the different lots. Um, so obviously it's the more premier selection from um, the vineyards that go into the peak and then- One of the peak, right. The mountainside. It's, it's still, the nice thing is, is that it's all estate fruit. It's all yep. certified organic. Yep. It's all, I mean, and then you just have everything, the higher end, more, uh, I guess, a distinct thing, according to Philippe, that he wants to have going to peak, goes into peak. And then, oh, darn, you're left with all these other ingredients in the spice rack that, oh, are, still, yeah. that are still spectacular. Right. So it's, it's not a bad gig to have. And no. speaking of, speaking of Philippe, I keep saying Philippe, Philip. Philip Philip, no, I'm just throwing some French at you, okay? Just yeah, it's okay. Uh, no, it's fine. Yeah, that was the champagne we were talking about, and then we got Jesus that we can talk about. And you saw that in the text messages, and you thought you were talking to Jesus. I, I did. I, Diana is telling the truth. I got a text message when I was on the property, and it was from Jesus. And I said, "Someone knows we're out here because <laughs> apparently we're not supposed to be out here, and it's Jesus who's telling me to get off the property." Yeah, no, thank you. It was a nice day, and you weren't struck with lightning. Exactly. Uh, Doug Rutherford is indicating that he's been a Chapelet Wine Club member for 23 years, and Philip is a good choice. He strives to continue improving every single year, and Doug is wondering, it's hard to imagine, A, that Philip has time for this, and also, B, how hard was it for Philip to start in 2020, which was not the easiest of years, except, au contraire, it wasn't a typical year for you guys. Tell us why. Well... He didn't know it was going to be a rough year. Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but I got to say too, you know, 2020 has been kind of, um, it's been a challenge for everybody, but you know, it's with a name like Acumen, you don't give up. You just keep striving to, you know, be the best you can. I mean, and we're discerning, we're making quick decisions and because we, I mean, that's just the kind of team we have. And so, I mean, 
Philip, I mean, definitely, um, you know, we're, we're expanding. And um, so we needed a new winemaker and he stepped up to the challenge. And Philip is amazing. He does make the time. I mean, he's so dialed in right now with what he's got going on at Chapelet, but that guy, I mean, he's up at four o'clock in the morning and I am too. I mean, so there's, you know, we exchange text messages quite early and uh, that's when we just get a lot of things done. Um, so yeah, he's, um, we had a conversation today even about, he was trying to encourage me to do some extra things. And uh, I said, I'm in the launching period with teenagers and all of that. But I said, you know, you've got grown kids, so you, you can you, you can do this. Not saying I'm not doing my part with acumen, but uh, there was something right. that he was challenging me to do. So I think, you know, he's, he, he's just, we're so lucky to have him and he's gonna be bringing a lot to our table. So he does have the time, um, he makes the time and he's a hard worker and uh, he's making a lot of really good changes for us. So um, good. yeah. Well, I wanna say hello to Martha Schramm and also Shannon and Shannon, well, it must be difficult last name night. Uh, Shannon, I'm gonna crucify your last name as well. Rosevics, Rosevics, Shannon Rosevics. Welcome to SIP 44, ladies and gentlemen, 44. 44 weeks of the greatest hour in wine. I don't say that, the news media says it. I haven't read it, but um, I'm sure it's out there. So Shannon, thank you for joining us. And you talk about growth, Diana, and I wanna, I, I, I wanna understand with 116 acres under vine, yep. what, from a yield standpoint, you're at 4,000 cases now, did I hear you say, right, give yeah. or take? All right, so, so at 116 acres without acquiring more land, what could you get to? <laughs> You're gonna make me do math. Because <laughs> uh, I, I don't know the answer to this. I'd be curious because you, you want to talk about growth. What what? How much more can you produce? I guess you could not sell a lot of it off, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I think ideally, um, I was just actually having this conversation uh, with owners, and um, there's a healthy balance in this industry when you own grapevines and you're a winery and that healthy balance is to always be able to sell some fruit from your vineyard. It's just, it's a safe way to go about business. Um, but we would like, and we could easily be, um, you know, 10,000 to 15,000 case winery. Wow. Okay. So you sell sell quite a bit. Yeah. But I think that, you know, here's, here's the problem is that you'd have to hire a a big a big production team and um i think that you know we'd lose the boutique quality right um and so it's do we want to be do we want to be big or do we want to be small quality and and i mean yeah it's it's hard to say it's it's you can look at where you want to be um, in five more years. And I, so far, that's not what I've projected for the brand, at, at least. I mean, we'll grow as we see the demand, but I think that still um, I'd want to maintain the quality versus the quantity. And so if we can, you know, whatever our production facility will allow us to do without um, sacrificing that quality would be what we would do. But um yeah, I, I don't want to turn us into a um, situation where we're, you know, having to blow wine out either. Right. No, and it's I, the dedication to quality is an often used phrase, but when you have certified organic, and it's not just the 
the certification of organic that I think was, I was impressed by. It's, mm -hmm. it's everything that goes into it. It's the farming, it's Jesus. And we joke a little, little bit about Jesus. And, but it, you have your own chickens, you have your own goats, you have, I mean, they, it's the whole ecosystem of, right. of, of farming that is, there's no pesticides, there's no Roundup, you know, glyphosate, there's none of that. And when you take care of the vines and there's not a winemaker or vineyard manager uh, or agricultural expert worth their salt that doesn't say everything starts in the vineyard. So if you've got healthy vines, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to most likely have healthy wine. Right. And otherwise, otherwise you're going to screw it up. But right. you need to taste this wine and the tasting environment. I'm going to have Denise uh, Mission Control queue up the pictures and go ahead and, and launch those. Uh, so this is an environment that that is, is quite nice. There, there's Jesus on the wall. Uh, but the, the tasting room is is very hip, very cool vibe, very comfortable. Uh, there's these little, well, hang on a second. Why am I marketing your tasting room? You're in marketing. You tell us about the tasting room. I love this. I <laughs> well, love this uh, tasting room. Yeah, no, it's great. And I can't wait for it to be open again, too. Um, we've been doing <laughs> tastings outside. Um, but yeah, no, so that's the front area. So, um, that's where we can welcome guests to come in and, you know, we've got the, you know, foggy picture right behind there with the little rabbit guards on the baby plants right over there. And then to the left behind the couch, there's a portrait of Jesus that was, um, illustrated by the designer <clears throat> that did that tasting room, but it's a, it's a very comfortable sort of rustic modern feeling to it and um over just to the right is um you know our little space space shuttle chairs and another little sitting <laughs> area and um yeah we offer wines by the glass there's some food pairings that come from across the street over uh, from comp line restaurant and then you can see the little doorway with uh, that goes through that's to the back um and then just you know behind that um couch area or not i'm sorry not behind it but in front of it is where our bar is and not only is it a uh, a bar where we um you know store the wines and keep everything temperature control we also have our wines and keg on tap so uh we yeah there's there's a little picture of the bar to the right and that other little table sitting area and then we have a special little um area too, the peak room where we'll do more elaborate things we can do private luncheons um there's actually a title company that just moved in upstairs and they'll bring down um people that are just signing on their homes and um they're able to come down and do a little celebratory uh toast with acumen and then in the gallery like i said martin we opened up our peak easy room where we'll have the champagne so yeah it's it's a lovely tasting room i mean it's one of those little hidden hidden gems um we're right across the street from um the andaz hotel and the archer hotel so we're right there on first street um, first street i said main first sorry street. i always view first and yeah sorry. first street no it's okay yeah no but it seems like main street it's exactly. busy than street yeah. yes and, and for years I've lived at, uh, is it the Rose Tavern? Oh yeah, yep. Yep, I, I yeah, eat that's there also a lot. Really good food. There's so much good food down there. Yeah. I, I mean, I live up here, I live in St. Helena and I thought we had some good food, but yeah, I'll tell you what, that there are so many fun restaurants that are in downtown. It's just, you know, oh, that was, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. This, uh, this gives you an idea of the video shoot that we had and First of all, you can just see the spectacular weather. You can see kind of the elevation. You're up near the tops of the mountains. 
And you can also see that our uh, camera crew, James Simmons from Sims Production has no problem with exploiting child labor laws and, and, <laughs> using, and using his daughter to just go ahead and, and you know, she, not, at, not at scale, by the way, she received no pay. Um, <laughs> that, was but, a, uh, it, that was a child go to work with daddy day. It could have been, yeah, go to work with daddy day, exactly. Yeah, uh, but this, this is what the behind the scenes making of the videos look like. A lot of work for four and a half minutes of, of live production, it's amazing. But Diana, as always, is a trooper to, to help with those things. So that was a, a gorgeous day up on Atlas Peak. And then Denise, Mission Control, was with us that day. That's so, a cute picture. Love that, yeah. Denise. Now, how old are these vines? Um, those are about a good seven years old right there. So not that old. No, and I now, just since we've been teasing Mountainside, I do think we have to show everyone where, in fact, you are located. Because those were, you took those in 2019, and so we plant, we replanted some in 2012. I was just guessing by the, um, the size of the, you know, the, the vine, but yeah. That's what I was looking for, I was going to say eight or ten or something like that, but they look, that's, I mean, none of them are new. A lot of them are much older, 20, 25 years of age, so yep. that's kind of cool. Yep. And, and uh, Debbie Long, yes, the Andes Hotel, great hotel, used to be a lodging partner of Cellar Angels, and now it's, I think, Napa Valley Lodge. I've got to check that for 2021. Uh, okay. But it's a beautiful area, Andes, and right across the street is this tasting room. And what I like about it is, I think Peak Easy is a great name, is, is the Peak Easy portion when you walk through the original tasting room and then the next gallery, did you turn that yeah. into Peak Easy? Okay. Yeah, but it's a different license that I had to get. And so actually that's where um, you'll have to enter through the back. And that's where Got the it. bell is just because it's a separate business now. All right, yeah. before we get to Google Earth, I need everybody to get their fingers ready because we have our first poll question. And is everybody <laughs> ready? I want everyone to nod. This is funny. All right. Acumen's famed Ed Cora Vineyard was originally founded by legendary Major League Baseball manager Alex Cora of the Boston Red Sox, family physician and internist Dr. Jan Krupp, Dr. Lucen of German Riesling fame, Danish winemaker Henrik Paulsen. How is only one person? Oh, there we go. Okay. So there's, I'm uh, going to give you 15 seconds. And it, by the way, for 2021, I have tasked our dev team to figure out a way to incorporate paramutual wagering. So we have chips and stuff that you can wager on the poll questions. That's coming in a future release and enhancement. So we're going to give this 10, 5, I count funny, 4, 3, 2, 1. All right. Now I'm going to share the results first off, Diana. Okay. And then we'll go. We'll go with the correct answer. Okay. Wait. Is there money on this? Kind of. It, there, it's like monopoly money, and oh. I, I do know who. I do know who's doing very very well. Uh, the Holdens are doing well. The Greasers are doing well. Wow. Uh, the, the Mannings who aren't on, they uh, the reason why they're not on is because they might be short a lot of money. Um, this but, is funny. Okay, so the four people that picked Alex Cora, no, no, Ed Cora is not the first name. It, it's it's all one word, but I'm glad I got you with that. So that was, who? come on, 
I want I want everyone to come clean. Whoever picked Alex Cora, uh, six people, and by the way, six people got it correct. Six <laughs> people got father. it. Father, look funny. look at Nick Ram. Could have been his father. Could have been. So you're saying I've got a chance. Um, I like that for Dr. the story, though. We're, we're going to use that in the tasting room because I like baseball. Uh, I love it. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Lucen is, in fact, very, very famous, very famous uh, vineyard family and vineyard block in the Mosul region uh, yep. in Germany. And the Danish winemaker, Henrik Paulsen. Nope. Wrong answer. So Dr. Jan Krupp. And by the way, that should have all been answered correctly by everyone because Diana mentioned it in like the first five minutes. People, geez, everyone is freezing right now because it's so cold in the country in Chicago, Minnesota. I think one third of the country is currently below freezing. So, Well, uh, I hope we they're to... just drinking too much wine and they're just not paying attention then. Debbie Long says we're drinking wine already. Perfect. Uh, they perfect should be. Answer. All right, so let me show people where we are talking about because it's pretty... <laughs> must have been the <laughs> it is absolutely a spectacular region so for those of you that are new cellar angels is a wine curator digital storyteller and the only region that we focus on in the world is napa and sonoma so every single wine on our website is exclusively from these regions. 99% of the time, you can't get the wine because it's not nationally distributed. So these are the wines and the stories we like to tell, like Diana's and Acumen's. And, and it's an it's incredibly diverse wine region, as we've talked about in the last few weeks, because of the soil structure. And as Diana mentioned earlier, when you go from, you know, north area of Spring Mountain up here to yep. all the way down here to where acumen is it's pretty spectacularly different yeah. so when you see where acumen is first of all you can you can see the topography changes and elevation changes and all the hillside fruit in this area this by the way this is all stagecoach so Probably one of the most famous vineyards, certainly the most famous wine transaction in the last three or four years when they got acquired by Gallo for $225 million. Uh, but just right across this small ravine, which you do not want to fall into, uh, is Stagecoach. But what I find fascinating is, is the story of Stagecoach and, and the story really of this. And this is Dr. Krupp's original home vineyard. Mm -hmm. So, so. Talk to us a little bit about that and how he owned this as an internist. <laughs> he um, just, how <laughs> he owned that as an internist. Well, um, he needed somewhere to put his money. <laughs> and, um, you know, he had an affinity for the farming and the land. And um, he had his mindset on growing grapes up in this region. And he was a huge pioneer. Uh, for the entire Atlas Peak AVA when he decided to go ahead and develop Stagecoach. So he did develop all of that and um, the, the property that, um, that we own here in Acumen and the, the house that um, I'm using right now as my backdrop is um, the home that he built in the 80s where he raised his family and the house, the estate house still sits there today. But, um, you know, Stagecoach uh, Vineyard is, uh, 
super famous, um, like you said, Martin, um, that was um, an area that did not get sold with the acumen piece of the property that was sublet. And that's the area that we bought with the house um, and the mountainside fruit that, um, or the mountainside juice that came with it. Um, so anyway, um, you know, Stagecoach gets its name though from um, back in the early 1900s or late 1800s, I should say when uh, Black Bart um, would actually rob the um, Stagecoach every day coming from St. Helena over to Monticello. <laughs> um, so I, I can't believe that they would actually send a Stagecoach over there every single day. It must've been at least once a week, but um, yeah. Anyway, well, what's, what's interesting is I, I love always when, when roads go different directions uh, within the kind of the same vineyard block, because I, I always, you know, that's not accidental, but yeah. what I'm, I, was, I was trying to do is this road here and this hill here, it looks flat on Google earth. It is not flat. Uh, there's some steepness here and these rows are very steep and this road down here is very steep and there's those large rock outcroppings that you talked about, Diana, those, mm -hmm. those boulders that you could park a, you know, a, sh a Cadillac on, these are yeah. not small rocks in this vineyard. It's incredible. Uh, so as you can see, this is a fairly not isolated vineyard block, but you are driving this road here is, uh, I, I, you know, that, that was a fun drive. And I drive these roads a lot, not as often as Diana, but um, it, it's an interesting place, but you can get an idea of how far you are from Napa and where you are in the valley, because here's Yountville basically right across. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So if you were, a, you know, a bird just flying straight up there, um, that's not very far, but it takes about 20 minutes to get from downtown Napa um, to where we are at the top of the hill. And I always joke around that it's kind of like, you know, if you're in Napa, it's sort of like if you look at the, the movie, The Grinch, um, it's kind of like being in Whoville down in Napa. But taking that, you know, Soda Canyon Road where it's really steep, twisty and windy and no guardrails, it's like going to the Grinch's house. Um, it is. And if you're going to do that, yeah. By the time you get up there, are there any scary monsters? But um, yeah, yeah, it's quite treacherous. And if you do that, you have to stop by uh, Soda Canyon Vineyard or Soda Canyon uh, sure. Grocer, the yep. store where we stop every single time we're in the valley uh, because you get the best sandwiches, the best soups, everything in there. And, and it's our sustenance when we're not yes. drinking wine. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about hundred points. Oh, okay. We have, we have a couple of those actually. I, I'm, Perfect I, and you, know us, you, you know us well enough to know that we're not big point people. No, but, I know. but, but, you know, you, you just kind of, you just can't, it's like, uh, in gymnastics or, or anything else where you get a perfect score, it's kind of hard to ignore. Yeah. And, and so you've had two 100 point wines and yeah. you've only been doing this for eight years. Yeah. Talk to me about those wines. So, you know, we were talking a lot about Ed Cora and um, that's the wine that's gotten the 100 point score. Um, the 2015 vintage, that was the first time we ever made the Ed Cora. And when they did get the 100 point score, I've been with Acumen now for almost two years. And um, so when we finally submitted that for um, pr some press um, and it came back with 100 points and you know, it, you don't get 100 points in this industry very often. And um, it's a very good panel of master psalms and masters of wine that score this. So um, it's quite reliable um, and 
Yeah. I mean, and you know, like I was saying, there's 94 point scores and 91 point scores. I haven't seen anything below a 90 point score for anything in the acumen portfolio. So, um, but to get a hundred, to get a perfect score is something that that just tells you a lot about, you know, I was a competitive figure skater. So um, I know how difficult that is to, to get a perfect score. So that means that you've basically done all your farming just right. You've done all your winemaking just right. And, you know, it's a subjective judgment. So I think it also has something to do with the packaging a little bit too. Right. But still a hundred points is, is phenomenal. I mean, it's just, I can't, it's just so dang impressive. It's rare. Um, it's, it's rare. Very rare. Yeah. It's very rare. And so I want to tell everybody on this episode right now about a special offer that we did with Diana about a half hour ago, uh, maybe an hour or so ago, but we worked it out in advance because we want you to be able to taste and have access to a hundred point wine. So the mission control is trying to tell me in my ear, the opportunity is you purchase three of the mountainsides. Oh, wait, there we go. And it's a bundle. It's actually on the Cellar Angels website as a bundle. And you purchase, it's three of the mountainsides, one of the 2015 Ed Cora, 100 point wine, reduced from $175 down to $150 for that one bottle. So it's a four pack. Yes, it's a four pack. Whew. And that is just on the fly. So it's only available to you folks. Uh, you can tell friends, but uh, they don't have a lot of it. And Denise actually, oh, I could have just read it. Why are you making me tell people about it? <laughs> Mission Control, we're going to have a talk after this in the meeting. Uh, it is, I mean, I'm impressed as heck with the mountainside, as I always am with things that you put your hands on. Yeah. Uh, and this is no different. So that's not, it's pretty special to have access to 100-point wine and have this as kind of a table wine to share with people. And, you know, that's not even just a table wine. This wine is still $45 a bottle. And that's not just a price point that you decide, oh, I'm just going to pick this up and have this for a Tuesday night. I mean, that's, it's still, it's a very special bottle of wine. No, nope, that's, uh, that's, that's actually the Tuesday night taco wine for most of the cellar angels. It's, 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 it's that's, that's the caliber of fans we have. I'm just, just okay. Well, good. I'm, I'm happy to be talking to you all then. But, but yeah, hey, and, uh, you know, we're having pizza tomorrow night. So I'd call this a Saturday night pizza wine too, but it's got to be good pizza. And uh, no, it's, it's got to be great pizza. And, and I'm teasing. Here's what I, uh, what I like about this wine. And, and I don't know if it's, what's that? Oh, it's taco, taco Tuesday, Tuesday wine. wine. <laughs> Look at those two are on the same page. Um, yeah. First of all, the tasting or the bouquet on this is, is crazy with the, with the dark fruits. So yes. a lot of blackberry, a lot of blueberry. That's the petite verdot that's coming through. There's about 9% petite verdot. Uh, I get nutmeg. There's some like baking yeah. sharp spice little, to it. Believe it or not, there's about 2% Zinfandel in this too. And that then, I would not um, guess. Yeah, no, I and know. On, on the, um, the mouthfeel is very silky very luxurious, uh, a lot of plum, a lot Thank of fleshy. You Thank you, 25% Merlot. All right, my work here is done. And a little bit of Cabernet. And There's a little bit of Cabernet. Why did you flip uh, to that if we're tasting the mountainside red? 
She's showing people the peak. Mission oh, control. Okay, have, I don't know what you're doing up there. Um, it's the production studio is drinking off, too much red wine. The production studio is off the rails this evening. I have no idea what's um, going on. Production, uh, production. I'm like, nobody's making wine. That's already bottled. True. True. Okay. Um, any questions from the audience? Shifty, Shifty, you got any questions? <laughs> He's gonna kill me. Denise is on her second bottle too. Um, oh. The grease. The, no see, I like, I like Jeff because Jeff, they do pre-sip, sip, and then they do post-sip bottles. So it's it's a good evening in the Chicago region right now and probably Minnesota and probably Colorado. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, if you look at the weather map, a third of the country is below freezing. It's insane. Uh, yeah. And it's not going to, it's not going to get pretty in the Midwest. I just saw 10 consecutive days below freezing with wind chills in Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, and the 40 below area. So I don't see any questions. John H. Johnny Heff has a question. When is your next guided tour of Napa and Sonoma? Is that a question to Seller Angels or is that a question to Diana? Well, I know that they need to join our wine club and come to my paella party up in the vineyard on August 8th. 100 people only in the Cora Vineyard. Uh-huh. You, you, yeah. you had me at paella. I know. Uh, all right, I've got another poll question. Now, this one is a little bit of an inside story. So, Denise, you had, Denise, by the way, said she's going to be there at the, oh. at the paella. Good. Oh, and you were going to tell us about the 2020 vintage, vintage because <laughs> you are one of the only wineries that I know of. I mean, there's a few, but you guys were able to get fruit in. We did. Yes, we um, actually we started picking um, before the first fire started. Um, I, we went up there with our whole crew and um, my tasting room crew. Um, to help these guys, you know, just sort of celebrate with donuts and coffee at one o'clock in the morning. And uh, we were able to start picking them out of Natalis. And so we will have, um, you know, a new wine coming out. It's going to be a um, estate rosé um, that's going to come from the Atalus vineyard. So it's been a rosé of Cab. <clears throat> but um, we weren't able to pick out anything else because by the fires, the time the fires did start. Um, you know, basically 2020 was just done. So we are fortunate and we feel blessed that we do have some 2020. Um, but like, you know, it was just, we had some bigger plans for other things that um, just aren't, we're going to have to wait for this year. So, um, yeah. So it's, it's time to retool, get everything ready and, and everything planning. When do you think the tasting room will open? Um, you know, we are open outdoors and, uh, if our governor could, uh, you know, just anyway, um, okay. Uh, so uh, we'll leave it to people wearing masks <laughs> and, and soon. Yeah. Uh, so the last poll question, uh, this might be TMI, but here we go. Get your fingers ready. In 2011, a late night dinner with Diana at the Cody's house in Chicago devolved quickly as a result of A, an ill-advised shot of Jägermeister on the back patio, B, an ill-advised shot of tequila on the back patio, 
a suggestion to analyze Excel spreadsheets about that evening's event, or the three of us got locked out of the house after going streaking in the city. You know us well enough to know that it's not spreadsheets, people. <laughs> Mission, control, uh, Mission Control clearly re not recognizing she's also mic'd. Uh, all right, I'm going to give this five more seconds. Four, three, two, one. All right, who, come clean, who said getting locked out of the house after going streaking? I want to see it in the comment line, chat. Don't be shy. Get honest, people. Come on. All right, because so, that is the best answer. Um, yeah, really and, and, and if you knew where we lived in downtown Chicago, we'd be uh, arrested. Scotland, and, and, yeah, exactly, Scotland. We would, maybe would have tennis shoes on because our condo backed up to an alley, and streaking is is what it devolved to, not what caused it. Hans and Caitlin, very good. And Debbie Long says, or you'd get mugged. <laughs> That is too true. No, the answer was the evening took a turn south because Diana insisted on doing a shot of tequila. Not true. Uh, yes, it was a, was a long show. time ago. It was a long time ago. Long but, time uh, ago. We were sitting on the back ten patio. Years, ten years ago. Ten years ago. Um, at least. Yeah, it might have been 2010 or earlier. Yeah, probably 14 years ago. But uh, you guys... I, I like where your heads were. I don't know who the four people are that believe we are going to be doing spreadsheets late at night after a wine dinner hosting and working. That's, that's not us. We'll do them in the morning, but not that night. So this concludes this little rendezvous with one of our dearest and nearest friends uh, who obviously whenever she was in Chicago was Casa de Cody. We insisted she stay with us so she could work the city and not have to pay crazy hotel prices, and she has been kind enough on numbers of occasions to put us up at her humble abode in St. Helena. And these are the relationships and friends that make this entire business entirely worthwhile. Uh, we can't do it without all of you, our supporters. And, and, and as I'm telling you, like as I said in the earlier, we've got more room in the tent. Tell more wine friends. We'd mm -hmm. love to have as many people involved in the Cellar Angels as possible. Because these stories, like Diana's, like Acumen, uh, they don't get told on a national basis because they just don't make enough wine. So we are happy to be the evangelists and the storytellers, and we can't do it without the supporters. We can't do it without Diana. So Diana, thank you so much for spending your Friday afternoon or evening oh, with us. My pleasure. It's always so much fun to hang out with you guys. And um, I just wish that we could be doing it in person. But you know what? This is kind of fun because then we get to share it with others too. So I think, you know, this will just be one thing that we continue to get to do. And I just hope that, um, you know, we'll take guests now. So when everybody can, you know, get courageous enough to hop on a plane, um, Napa is only a short uh, hour ride from the Sacramento airport. The one I recommend an hour from Oakland and, um, you know, we're super easy. Please contact me because I'll be sure that you know, we take good care of you and hopefully even got, try to get you up to the estate and go taste Ed Cora in the Ed Cora Vineyard. Yeah, definitely take them up on that. Denise. Somebody actually, says horseback riding. <laughs> we can talk to <laughs> Jesus about his horses. Jesus's horse is named Cabernet. Yes, it is. He's got two more. He's got a silver horse now too. 
Just my, my acumen shirt. Yes, thank you. Thank you for my shirt, Diana. You're so welcome. So everyone, stay warm, be good to one another, go get a bottle of wine, definitely download Joy, Joy Music. Here we Sound go, Jeremy. It's unbelievable. I can't remember that movie. Um, I but think we're going to watch Sound of Music tonight. I know. Stay warm. Take good care of one another. Thank you so much for all the support. Can't do this without you. Cheers, everyone.